as we transition to 2022, there was a scripture I was going to use from the gospels to communicate this message. But there's another scripture that I just feel like clearly communicates what's in my heart. So I'm asking you, I'm a man of my word. Every Sunday I was in the gospels. But for this last New Year's Eve service, we're going to come out of the gospels. And I want to read a few verses of scripture from the book of Haggai. Chapter 2, verse number 6. It says this, this is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations. And what is desired by all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory. The silver is mine. The gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. And the glory, one's translation says, of the latter house will be greater than the glory of the former. I want to tag a title to this text on this New Year's Eve. Here it is, family. It's about to get greater. Family, as we ease into this introduction in our time together today, I want to inform some and remind others that greatness is not a vice. Greatness is actually a virtue. It is a term that when it is used often evokes, evokes mixed emotions. Some people automatically assume that greatness should be conflated with selfishness, self-promotion, self-absorption. And as followers of Jesus, we should model and mirror his attitude of humility and meekness. Yet, ladies and gentlemen... The scriptures clearly communicate a different depiction of this word called greatness. Not only is greatness in scripture a good word, it's a God word. Meaning it is is a word that the scriptures use to actually describe God. Psalms 48 verse 1 says, great is the Lord. Come on. And greatly to be praised. Come on now. The psalmist says that your praise should be a reflection of your revelation of his greatness. Got me? Yeah, come on now. Your perception affects your praise. And your praise reveals your perception. Small God, small praise. Medium God, medium praise. Great God. (laughs) Somebody give him a great praise. It's not just a good word, it's a God word. It's not a vice, it's a virtue. Watch this now. Not only is, is the word great used to describe God, 
It's a word God used to describe others. He, 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 he proclaims a promise. He makes a prophetic promise to a man named Abram. Abraham. He says to him in Genesis 12 too, I will make you into a great nation. Come on. Then he says, I will bless you. And then he says, I, God, will make your name great. Did you hear what I just said? He said, Abraham, I'm going to make your name great. Now, if greatness was a vice, if greatness means self-absorption, if greatness means self-promotion, then why would God promise Abraham, I'm getting ready to make you great? Because when I make you great, I make you like me. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm great. Watch this now. He's saying, Abraham, I I need you to, I need to make you great because watch this. I created you for greatness. Where's that, Darius? When he says, I created you for my glory. He says, I get glory out of your greatness. So he's saying, Abraham, I don't want you to be great so that you can shine. That's not why I'm making you great. I'm making you great so that I can shine. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to elevate you. And then I'm going to educate through you. So there are people who aren't going to know me. But they're going to know you. And when I introduce myself to them, I'm going to tell them I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He said, I'm going to blow your life up so crazy that I'm going to use your life as an example and a testimony of what I can do. Hi, yeah, 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 yeah. See, I know, I know the importance of using God's name, Jesus' name. But when you understand this revelation of greatness, you see that God not only wants us to use his name, but he said, I want to use yours. I want to use your life as evidence of what I can do when you submit your life to me. And so if God is great, and if God promises greatness, then I want it. I don't care who misunderstands it, I still want it. I don't care who forms their opinions about it, I still want it. I don't care who doesn't want me to have it, I still want it. Because God did not give us an anointing to be average. Did you hear what I just said? Average people don't open blind eyes. Average people don't, y'all not talking to me. Yeah, yeah. Zacchaeus doesn't climb a tree to see average. Nicodemus doesn't show up at night to see average. I don't want an average mind. I don't want an average heart. I don't want an average ministry. I don't want an average relationship because I don't have an average God. I want great. Is there anybody here that wants great, that's chasing great, and is ready for great in 2022? (laughs) 
Unfortunately, we have, uh, we, <laughs> we have allowed, watch this, culture and not the kingdom to frame and influence the way we see greatness. Because we've incorrectly assumed that you can't be humble and great. But there, are you, I'm like, but there are plenty of people who aren't great that aren't humble. Yeah, there are plenty of people who are not great and they still are not humble. And sometimes you're, you're obser- observing them, sometimes objectively, and wondering, why aren't you more humble? Okay, let me see. <laughs> Let me see if I, let me find the right camera here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look, you say, now you, you. I, I, I don't understand why you aren't. Greatness doesn't create arrogance. Greatness exposes it. So it's not the greatness, it's not the platform, it's not the influence, it's not the possessions. All that does is trigger what's in you. And if arrogance isn't in you, then elevation won't trigger it. See, this is a completely different sermon, completely different sermon. Because we conflate often in Christian context, dormant with delivered. Some people are like, I'm delivered. Not really, it's just dormant. We don't know if there's deliverance until there's an opportunity. And when, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Look, oh, now, are y'all okay? Now, I know I'm speaking to the world, but if I was in New Jersey, I would go there, go there. If I was in New Jersey and it was 11.30, I would go, okay. So, so I just want you to act like we're in New Jersey, it's 11.30. My 11.30 crowd, was it? You don't know if you're over him. <laughs> Until he texts you, W-Y-D, and you respond, not you. Okay, 11. That's 11.30, that's... what you doing not you anything but you everything but you I'm walking a dog I'm buying goldfish I'm playing jumping jack I'm doing anything until you see them and nothing leap Greatness doesn't create arrogance, it exposes it. Watch this, follow me. Because greatness from a biblical perspective isn't seen in managing positions. Greatness from a biblical perspective is maximizing God-given potential. 
Are you ready for this? Come on now. We're chal- I'm challenging you. The Holy Spirit is challenging us in 2022. Wow. Greatness is stewardship. Did you hear me? Greatness in extra. It's, it's abnormal in the world. It shouldn't be abnormal for us. All greatness is, is the result of you stewarding. What he's deposited. <laughs> Did you hear what I just said? Yeah. Gr- gr- greatness is, is, is it's, it's Matthew 25, right? You remember the parable? You remember the parable? Matthew 25, Jesus tells this parable about um, uh, this, this man who goes away and he calls three people to him. He gives one five talents, one two talents, and one one talent. He comes back so that they give account. They don't think they're going to have to be accountable because he's gone so long. Because he, t- <laughs> he tells them that they will have to give account, but not when. And he's been gone so long. That, that they don't realize you got to give an account for what he's given you. And I don't know if we believe that. That one day, God's going to say, now this doesn't determine, watch this, this doesn't, de- this doesn't determine whether or not you're actually in heaven. It, it determines what your, spirit, your experience is like there. When my work is tried by fire, right? Yeah, once my life's given to God, I'm eternally etched to the Lamb's book of life. But the trying of my works has to do with my experience when I get there. My reward is going to be now, now, I gave you five. Man said, I gave you five. What'd you do? He said, I took the five you gave me and I made five more. Jesus didn't even call him, the, 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 uh, the man in the parable didn't even call him great. He just called him good. Come here, Bible readers. Come here. He didn't even call him great. He said, well done. Good. Good and faithful. He said, that's good. God gave him five. He multiplied the five and all said, that's good. He then gives them two, right? He gives, he gives another, he gave another first two. He said, what did you do? He said, I took the two. I multiplied, gave back two. He said, okay. Well done. Good. And faithful servant. Then he goes to the other one. He said, now I gave you one. What did you do with it? He said, listen. What had happened? The way my life is set up right now. He said, I didn't want to lose it. So I wasn't living progressively. I was living protectively. You gave me talents. You gave me gifts. But I was living protectively and not progressively. I was so busy trying to protect my feelings and protect my image and protect other people's unstable ego. That I didn't fully utilize what you gave me, so I buried it. I, I hid what I had. I didn't give you that to hide. I gave you that to use. And watch what he calls him. He says, 
you wicked and lazy. Now, wait a minute. I didn't lose it, but you didn't use it. And the reason he says wicked here, he's not making a judgment on the person's character. But he is articulating the implications of this person's lack of activity. Come here now. Because the failure to utilize the talents God has given you robs other people of the blessing that's supposed to come through you to them. He said the only person that don't want that to happen is the devil. Wicked. Because watch what Jesus says. Matthew 20 verse 26. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. So the greatness we exude is so that we can be of service to others. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Because the, watch this, are y'all here? Because watch this, watch this. An indication of our greatness is the elevation of those around us. He said, I'm making you great so that the the greatness that is in you can come through you into others. Did you hear what I just said? Come on now. I said, did you hear what I just said? That you won't, oh my God, don't, 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 don't mess with me. Don't mess with me. Don't, can I, one more time, can I, it's New Year's Eve. Can I act like I'm in New Jersey at the 1130? Now some of y'all almost fainted on the last one. Okay, y'all, y'all. See, when you, this changes the way you do everything. It changes the way you date. And it changes the way you break up. Because when you understand the assignment, you understand I have a responsibility to make sure everybody that encounters me is better off when they leave me than when they found me. So even if this don't work out, I shouldn't leave you off in shambles. It shouldn't be. You shouldn't be better. You should be you, you, you should be able to say that didn't work out, but they made me better. All right. The It changes the way you see everything. As a leader, I should be looking at how I'm stewarding my talents by how people around me are being elevated. That's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at, are they they becoming a better leader? Come on now. When, When I look at the kind of leader they were when they came, what kind of leader are they now? Yeah, when I look at what kind of communicator they were when they came, what kind of communicator are they now? When I look at what kind of spouse were they when they came, what kind of spouse are they now? Yeah, are you hearing what I'm saying? Because the indication of your greatness is the elevation of others. And if you will live this way, you will always be irreplaceable and unforgettable. My God. Did you hear what I just said? See, some people are trying to be unforgettable the wrong way. But if you impact people with your greatness, I don't care where they go in the world, they will always remember you. Come 
Because greatness is stewardship. So if you got the one, you can steward your one or spend time wondering why you didn't get the five. I don't know why my dad was there and somebody else's dad wasn't. I don't have an explanation for that. I don't know why certain people got certain. I don't know why some people had to take care of their parents when they were kids. I, 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 don't, I don't know why people got dealt the hand they got dealt. But all I know is what God expects is for me to multiply what he gave me. Stewardship. I came to get you out of hiding. You hiding. You're not assertive. I, I got to I, I got to I, I don't even. But this this whole see see some people got healed because they were assertive. Other people got healed because Jesus let them know I can fix it. See, John 5, that man was at the pool, but he didn't know who Jesus was. See, blind Bartimaeus stopped Jesus. Jesus stopped for that man. He didn't know who Jesus was. Jesus just walking around, and then he just stopped to look at him and say, you want to be made whole? Why? Because I can fix that. Who are you around that don't know you can fix it? Did you hear what I said? Jesus didn't say that to that man because he was promoting himself. He said that to to the man because he loved him. And he knew God had given him something that was a solution to somebody's problem. I was talking to a spiritual son of mine earlier today as I was driving here talking to a spiritual son of mine who he didn't call me with a problem. He told me he was going to do some thinking to, to wrestle with some leadership stuff. And in my prayer time, his, mind, his name came to my mind. The Holy Ghost didn't say, call this person. Right. It's just like I'm talking to Jesus. And if I start thinking about you, maybe I need to call you. Right. And so we worked through a leadership challenge, not because he called me and brought it to me. But because I called him and said, I can help you fix that. That's not self-promotion. It's service. So you're just going to let me suffer? Why, you got the answer? Because you're concerned about how you look? You're just going to let me suffer. You're not willing. You don't love me enough. That you're willing to risk coming off the wrong way to help me. I know you don't want to know the Holy Ghost working. <laughs> the room feel different. Other people are like, wait a minute, slow down, stop. I'm processing, stop. Leave me alone, stop bothering me. Because greatness is stewardship. And if you're hiding, you're not stewarding. You're not stewarding. So 
And some people are hearing this, right? You're hearing me talk about this greatness and what God's given you. And, and some of you are hearing this and you're embracing this, right? You've gone through the mindset. You've overcome some mindset issues or some, some heart healing you've had. So you're able, you're able to wrap your head around that. But I know there's a large amount of people that are watching and you hear me say this. And you're conflicted by what I'm communicating. Because you're saying, I understand you cognitively. Greatness is in me. But I'm not quite sure I feel that emotionally. I'm trying to find the honest people here. That just because God says it don't mean you always feel it. <laughs> he say, you more than a conqueror. Sometimes I feel defeated. Doesn't mean I am. It's, but it is sometimes what I feel. Because you're like, you, come on, come on. You're like, I, I, I believe this greatness is in me. But every year on New Year's Eve, I hype myself up, anticipating and expecting that the next year is going to be different. And it isn't. And so I hear what you're saying, Dr. D, but it, it's hard for me to wrap my head around. If that's you, I, I, I know that's not all of you, but if that's you, Haggai text me today. And he said, Darius, there are going to be some people that are watching and listening to the message that are going to be conflicted by what you're communicating because you're going to be articulating something that they embrace cognitively, understand cognitively, but don't embrace emotionally. He says, I, I want you to tell them I got a word for them. So I just want to share with you what Haggai texted me this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, I want to introduce you to him because some of you might not be familiar with him. See, Haggai was, was what's called a prophet who prophesied post-exile. What, what does that mean? It means that his, 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 his ministry, his ministry was during the reign of King Darius after Israel had been allowed to return to their homeland uh, underneath Persian oppression. Watch this. So they go back to their homeland and they are rebuilding temples, the temple that had been destroyed when they were captured. Stay with me now. Okay, so, so they're trying to rebuild the temple. And, and in the midst of the rebuilding, they experience unexpected opposition. They were enthusiastic and they were excited, but then here comes opposition. And if we, if we are honest, this is a revelation that's a reflection of our lives. Because there are times where many of us each year start to build. You're building your life. You're building your mind. You're building yourself spiritually. You're building financially. You're building professionally. But in the midst of the building, here comes some unexpected opposition. And the unexpected opposition turns the building into a cycle. And so instead of it being a year of building, each year is a year that's a cycle of rebuilding. In shape, out of shape. In shape, out of shape. In shape. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strong spiritually, weak spiritually. Strong spiritually, weak spiritually. Good, good season relationship, bad season relationship. It's a year instead of building. It's a... <laughs> are y'all okay? Yeah. There are years of chronic rebuilding. 
to, are you building anything? No, I'm perpetually rebuilding. Now watch this. This is interesting now. They get so discouraged. They settle for living with a ruined temple. They're not even really discouraged with the temple. They're discouraged by their cycles. Because your cycles will discourage you. Anybody, anybody ever had some cycles and you were discouraged by your cycles? Anybody ever had so many cycles, you, start, you stopped believing what you told yourself? Exactly. I'm about to do it this time, and you're like, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> Where is my real? <laughs> these people are trying to rebuild, and they, start, they, run into these op- they run into an opposition of difficulty. So they start getting contradictory orders from the Persian government. Right? So they got these external uh, um, difficulties. So the government's saying you can build, now you're saying they can't build. So it's stuff that's out of their control. They committed to build, they're ready to build, but stuff that's out of their control is tying their hands. So there's too much confusion. I can't build like this. So, So there's external, watch this. Then there's internal difficulty. Because watch this, rebuilding meant realigning their priorities. (laughs) Like if you're going to build, you got to prioritize. And what what happens is they lost priorities. So I read Haggai chapter 2 and Haggai chapter 1. Haggai has to get their priorities right. He said, we can't rebuild till you reassess what you're prioritizing. He says in verse 7, be careful, give thought to your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring timber down and build my house so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. Whatever you brought home, I blew away. Why? Because my house remains in ruin while each one of you is busy building your own house. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Did you hear that? He says, you building your you building your thing. You, you, you're taking the resources that I gave you. You're taking the talent that I gave you. You're taking the ability that I gave you, and you building what matter to you. And you are not considering what matter to me. And you're not realizing that the way you get what matters to you. Is by prioritizing what matters to me. Did you hear? This is the if this is gonna be the year of greater, this has to be the year of priorities. And I am telling you, the devil is not just after your praise, the devil is after your priorities. He doesn't want you to put first things first, he doesn't want you to put building first, he doesn't want you to put getting better first, he doesn't want you to put expansion first, he wants you to misalign your priorities.
Watch what he says in verse 11. He says, I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains. I called for a drought. He said, you're working hard, but it's not raining, is it? Because you can go get the seed. That's in your power. You can till the ground. That's in your power. You can plant the seed. That's in your power. You can market. That's in your power. You can put yourself out there. That's in your power. <laughs> you, can change, you can change your Facebook status to single. That's in your power. But one thing you can't do is you can't make it rain. I'm the only one that can make it rain. I'm the only one that can put the right eyes on the resume. I'm the only one that can put the right eyes on the profile. Priorities. And I, I feel this. I sense this prophetically. This is a year for some of you to prioritize getting better. I think that's a, that's, that, that's a, that's a prophetic, that's a word I feel. Get better. Not bigger. Greater isn't bigger always. Greater is better. So good you can't be ignored. Yeah, they had difficulty, didn't they? Not only did they have difficulty, they had distractions. Because they had contradictory orders from the Persian government, but then they had opposition from neighbors. I lived through that. Changed churches lived through some of that. Trying to build in an area where the neighbors don't want you to build. So they're trying to build, and neighbors are just wham, 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 doing petty stuff. You know how people can be petty. Leave your tools out, you leave, you come back, your tools gone. <laughs> the neighbors, watch this, the neighbors couldn't assassinate them, but the neighbors could agitate them. Distractions. Distractions. Because the neighbors can't stop you from building. But they can, watch this, they can't stop you from building, but they can stop you from focusing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Some stuff is just a distraction. This is the year, look at me, you must learn the art of ignoring. Ignoring is an art. It's an art. It's a skill. But ignore it and build. <laughs> ignore what they say and build. Ignore what they call you and build. Ignore what they try to pull you into and build. Because some of us haven't built not because we don't have the ability. It's because we've been, been, we've been paying too much attention to the agitation. Distracted. New people come in your life. Is this a blessing or a distraction? Watch this. They not only had that. Y'all all right? Can I have five more minutes? 
for my minutes. He's like, you done beat me up already. <laughs> here, here it is. So they got difficulties. They got distraction. And then they have discouragement because this is what you got. You got two generations. You have a generation that never seen the old temple. So they don't have a point of reference. But then you got an older generation that has seen the old temple before it's destroyed. And they're so discouraged because they rebuild them. And they're looking at what they rebuilt it, saying this looked nothing like what it used to be. This, 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 this don't look like what it used to be. I like what it used to be. But what if what it used to be isn't what it's supposed to be? What if what it used to be was what it was supposed to be then, but it's not what it's supposed to be now? Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. As a church, we have to think that way, change church. Yeah. As a people, we have to think that way individually because there are people in your life that want to hold you hostage to a version of yourself that is no longer appropriate for the season that you're in. Just because you like that version of me doesn't mean that's the version of me I'm supposed to be. So you wanted me to obey God when I was with you, but now, but now you want me to stop obeying him if my obedience produces something you don't want. Did you hear what I just said? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we got to look at that in our lives. We even have to look at that in our church, right? It's, <laughs> right? It's like whenever you... I'm, I'm not going to bother this. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like people want you to stop obeying God whenever your obedience makes them uncomfortable. Not realizing it's my obedience that brought me to you. So now when I get to you, you want me to stop obeying? It's like... <laughs> People will be in your life like, oh, now all of a sudden you stop hearing God because what you hear is something they don't like. What's that? <laughs> and that's always a faith issue. It's a faith issue because you got to believe that whatever move God make, he's always making a move that's best for me. You got to trust that whatever move God's making, it's a move that's best for me. Does that make sense? That's the attitude we got to have as people, and that's the attitude we got to have as a church. Like what? We got to keep obeying God. Does that make sense, y'all? We got to keep up. Pastor came from Mississippi to New Jersey because he obeyed God. He didn't go to law school because he obeyed God. Planted a church because he obeyed God. Multiple locations because he obeyed God. These people in the text were discouraged. They say it's never going to be what it used to be. And sometimes you can look at areas of your life and say it's never going to be what it used to be. In the midst of that discouragement, I got to get out of here. In the midst of that discouragement, God taps Haggai on the shoulder. He said, go tell my people something. 
They're dealing with difficulty. They're dealing with distractions. And they're dealing with discouragement. I need you to go tell them something. He say, what you want me to tell them? He says, well, I want you to tell them this. It's in verse 6. He says, tell my people in a little while. <laughs> Woo! Did you hear what I just said? I said they are dealing <laughs> with difficulty. They're dealing with distractions. And they're dealing with discouragement. And he said, you go tell them. I said, in a little while. <laughs> go, go give them an answer to a question you don't know they're asking. They're asking it in their heart. They hadn't asked it out loud. But they're asking in their heart. And he said, you tell them, in a little while. I don't know who this is for. But I want to pause on this New Year's Eve and talk to somebody who's been wondering when I want to tell you in a little while weeping may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning when is he going to turn it around a little while when is he going to put it back together in a little while when is he going to open the door in a little while don't you wait till the battle is over but somebody give him praise right now He says, tell him in a little while. He says, in a little while, I'm going to shake heaven. I'm going to shake earth. <laughs> and he says, I'm going to fill this house with my glory. And then he tells him this. I'm out of here, y'all. He tells him this. He says, he says, I'm going to fill the house with the glory. And he says, before I leave, I want to tell you one more thing. He said, I want to tell you that the glory of the latter house <laughs> is going to be greater than the glory of the former. Let me give it to you this way. He told him what's coming is better than what's been. I don't know who this is for tonight, but it's New Year's Eve, and I feel like I'm in Mississippi. I want to tell somebody what's coming is better than what's been. God's getting ready to turn your life around. Do I have anybody here? believes it's getting greater later greater in my mind greater in my heart greater in my marriage greater in my ministry God God God's getting ready to do greater because greater is he that's in me than he 
glory of the latter will be greater than the glory of the former. He says, they were wondering, would it ever be as good as it was? And God says, it's going to be greater. I'm speaking to you in your house. Greater. I'm speaking to our church. Greater. Ewing. Greater. West Hampton. Greater. Global. Greater. Orlando. Greater. Atlanta. Greater. It's about to get greater. I just need you to manage that difficulty. Manage those distractions. And manage that discouragement. Woo! How do you do that, Darius? Number one, you need a greater focus. I taught you this focus is selective attention. It's choosing not to look at stuff you could see. Does that make sense? So I can't listen to that right now. It, it get me too low. Focus. Greater focus. I'm talking about what you don't look at, what you don't listen to this year who you don't allow to have access to you. I'm talking about being purposeful. You being picky, I'm being purposeful. Greater focus. Two, how do I do it, Darius? Greater faithfulness. This is the year I'm speaking this. I feel this. I feel the unction prophetically. This is, this is the year for you to break some cycles of inconsistency. What does that mean? It means grace, unearned ability. Is being if God declares greater, right? Whatever He articulates, He empowers. So if He releases the word, grace is also released, unearned ability for you to carry it out. So this isn't something you have to do on your own. He says, "I'm gonna give you the grace to be faithful, to work at it, to dig and to strike the ground until you strike oil." I promise you something. I feel this. Look at me. Your gift will make room for you. It not might. Not might. It will. You're not overlooked. Ooh, I better stop. I feel this prophetically. Some of y'all in my spirit right now. You're not overlooked. Your gift will make room for you. Though the vision tarries, wait for it. In the end, it will speak. It won't lie. It'll be exactly what you saw. Greater. Greater faithfulness. Lord, let me be found faithful. Because when I'm faithful with the few, you make me rule over many. You don't ignore my faithfulness. My faithfulness is a seed. And that seed's going to produce a harvest. Oh my gosh. 
You, you, you sowed a seed of faithfulness and it's going to produce a harvest. Harvest is coming. It's a law, a spiritual law. It's coming. And greater fight. That's what the Lord showed me. He said, Darius, some people think because it's hard, it's wrong. He said, Israel had to, the only way Israel got the promised land was they fought for it. It's not easy, but it's yours. And because it's yours, it's worth fighting for. It's getting greater. And I want to pray over you tonight. I want you to receive the grace, the unearned ability. To break this cycle of perpetual rebuilding is it's building season. Father, I thank you right now for your word that's been released and for the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit that, that, actually, that empowers us to execute what we just heard. I pray right now for everybody that is in this room, everybody that is watching, that they would get a revelation of what's being released on and over them right now. I pray blessing over this year. I pray for the manifestation of this word greater. I pray for consistent, I pray for overflow of rampant testimonies of how you have made good on your word. We believe this. We receive this. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands in this room. Put some fire in that chat.